This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night, time for the racing show. We've got it all. Top tipsters. Top trainers. Top jockeys. Plus all the news. So if racing's your game, this is the programme for you. Welcome to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. Hello and good evening and welcome to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. All the usual suspects are here for you tonight, including Tom Ward, Rod Millman, Nick Schofield, Colin Tizard, Colin Brown. Who did you notice? Colin Brown, 10 winners last week. Yeah, 10 winners. The boy was on form, that's for sure. Um, So... Let's get on with the show, and we'll start off as we normally do with Mike Patton and all the racing news, courtesy of the Racing Post. Hello and a warm welcome to the Racing Post news. We have a bumper crop today for you. Joe Mercer, who died on Monday, aged 86, was a great jockey, champion in 1979 and rider of Brigadier Gerard in all his races, writes the Racing Post's John Randall. He scored 2,810 domestic victories, which ranks him among the top 10 most prolific winning jockeys of all time in Britain, and was stable jockey in turn to Dick Hearn and Henry Cecil. Mercer won two classics on the Queen's Highclere and rode Bustino in the race of the century. His other stars included Song, Saloust and Chris, exceptional stayers Buckskin and Lamos, and King George winning Philly Time Charter. John Oaksey once wrote, He is not only the most stylish flat race jockey I have ever seen, but also one of the most consistent, effective and above all reliable. After retiring from the saddle, Mercer spent 19 years as racing manager to McToom Al McToom's Gainsborough Stud and guided the careers of Zilzal and Chris Kinn. Joseph Mercer was born at the family home in Bradford on October 25th, 1934, the son of a coach painter. His brother Manny was six years older and already a successful jockey when Joe became apprentice to Sparshot trainer Fred Snade on his 13th birthday. He was still only 15 when he rode his first winner, El Duret, at Bath in September of 1950, weighing out at six stone seven pounds. In the apprentice table, he was runner-up to Leicester Piggott in 1952 and then champion in 1953, with Piggott in second place and his close friend Jimmy Lindley in third. Although he was still indentured to Snade in 1953, that was his first season as retained jockey to Jack Collin, who trained at West Illsley in Berkshire. The partnership scored an immediate classic victory with Viscount Astor's ambiguity in the Oaks, in which the youngster outrode Sir Gordon Richards. 
Jockey and trainer later teamed up with Hornby, runner-up at the St Ledger and Ascot Gold Cup, and Rosalba, champion juvenile filly and winner of the Queen Elizabeth II stakes. Rosalba's big day at Ascot in 1959 became the most tragic of Mercer's career, for his brother Manny was killed when thrown from a filly before the start of the next race. He left the course in tears. In that same year, he had his closest finished in the derby when riding Fidalgo into second place, beaten a length and a half by Parthia, who was ridden by his new father-in-law, Harry Carr. In February of 1959, he had married Anne Carr. They had three children, Henry, Sarah and Joe Jr. Colling retired at the end of 1962 and was succeeded at West Ilsley Stables by Hearn. The best of the new partnership's early horses were Stayers, Gray of Falloden and Provoke, who won the 1965 St Ledger by ten lengths in a downpour. Mercer was leading the Jockeys' Championship in August of 1967 when a bad fall at Folkestone caused him to miss the rest of the season. He rode many winners for trainer Derek Candy, notably Parbury in the 1967 Ascot Gold Cup, Song, champion sprinter 1969, and Highline, who won three Jockey Club Cups from 1969 through to 71. After spending several winters with his family in India on busman's holidays, he endured a traumatic time after being arrested for failing to declare two diamonds at customs at Bombay Airport in February of 1970. He was given a three-month prison sentence for smuggling, but was released after 20 days on payment of a fine. That year, the best West Ilsley winners were Highest Hopes in the Prix-Vermillay and Brigadier Gerard in the Middle Park Stakes. Easily the best horse Mercer ever rode, Brigadier Gerard, landed a dazzling series of victories over the next two seasons. He beat Milreef in the 1971-2000 Guineas and also won the Queen Elizabeth II and Champion Stakes twice each, as well as the Eclipse and King George. Roberto, at York, was the only horse to beat him in 18 races. In June 1972, Mercer was lucky to survive when a light aircraft crashed just after taking off from Newby Racecourse, killing the pilot. He rescued the other three passengers, including trainer Bill Marshall. And two days later, he was just able to partner Brigadier Gerard in the Prince of Wales stakes, but, still bruised and badly shaken, took the next few days off. The Brigadier stablemate Saloust, owned by Sir Michael Sabel, won the Sussex Stakes and the Prix de Moulin and would have been champion Myler in most years. The Queen was among the prominent owners at West Ilsley and Mercer rode her filly Highclere to victory in the 1000 Guineas and Prix de Diane in 1974. In that same year, he won the St Ledger on Bustino, who, as a four-year-old, went down fighting in a titanic duel with Grundy for the King George. Bustino was owned by Lady Breverbrook, whose other good horses included Bold Boy and Relkino, became Mercer's second derby runner-up when beaten three lengths by Empery in 1976. The day after that derby, the racing world was stunned and largely angered by the announcement that after 24 years, Mercer's retainer at West Ilsley would not be renewed at the end of the season and he would be replaced by Willie Carson. He had been told the previous October about the decision made by Sir Arnold, later Lord Vainstock, whose family owned West Ilsley stables and who wanted a long-term jockey.
Mercer was now 41, with Carson just 33. As a result, Mercer never did ride a Derby winner, missing out on Hearn's Epsom heroes Troy and Henbit, as well as the Queen's Oaks winner Dunfermline. On the other hand, he would not have become champion jockey had he stayed at West Ilsley. He became Cecil's jockey in 1977 and was champion for the only time in 1979. At 45, he remains the oldest jockey ever to win the title for the first time. The Cecil stars who contributed to his Annus Mirabilis included champion Myla Chris, two magnificent stayers in Buckskin and Lemos, and Thousand Guineas winner One in a Million. In 1980, Mercer was appointed OBE for his services to racing, won the three main cup races on Lemos, and led all the way in the St Ledger on Jim Joel's light cavalry. At the end of that year, three top jockeys swapped jobs. Pat Eddery left Peter Walwyn for Vincent O'Brien, replacing Piggott, who moved to Cecil, while Mercer, tired of travelling to Newmarket from his farm near Newbury, became Walwyn's jockey. Unfortunately, Walwyn's stable was in decline after the glory days of Grundy, and the jockey's best winner of 1981 was, ironically, trained by Hearn. With Carson injured, Hearn booked Mercer for 28-1 to shot cut above in the St Ledger, and the Colt triumphed with Shergar only fourth. Cut above was owned by Sir Jackie Astor, who had owned Ross Alba and Provoke. Time Charter was the best filly or mare ridden by Mercer, but he was only a substitute jockey when the previous year's Oaks winner triumphed in the King George in 1983. She was trained by Henry Candy, son of Song's trainer. At the age of 51, Mercer retired from the saddle at the end of 1985, winning on his last ride, Bold Rex, in the November handicap at Doncaster. It was the 2810th domestic victory of his career, which at the time ranked him fourth in the all-time list of winning most jockeys in Britain, behind Richards, Piggott and Doug Smith. After a year as a jockey's agent, he was appointed racing manager to Sheikh Maktoum al Maktoum's Gainsborough Stud in 1987, managing horses owned by the eldest of the Maktoum brothers and his associates. During Mercer's 19 years in that job, Sheikh McToom's stars included Cadel Genero, Jet Ski Lady, Hatouf, Ezoud, Royal Applause and Storming Home. Fantastic Light raced for him before joining Godolphin and Balakain ran in his colours while with Godolphin. The best of all the horses who came under the Gainsborough stud banner was Mana al Khatoum's brilliant 1989 champion miller Zilzal. They also included Shamadal as a two-year-old and horses owned by Saeed Maktoum al-Maktoum, Lamtara as a two-year-old, Hilal Salem, Sheikh al-Badu, Mohammed Obeda, Sayadati, Saeed Manyana al-Luso, Yeba Abdullah, Queen's Logic, and Saeed Suhal, owner of King's Best and 2003 Derby winner Chris Kin. So Mercer did win the Premier Classic after all but as a racing manager. Sheikh Maktoum, the Emir of Dubai, died in January of 2006 and Mercer retired two months later. Pipe-smoking Joe Mercer was a great jockey, a popular and consummate professional who never had weight problems. His classic style and perfect rhythm, especially in a driving finish, were poetry in motion and made him the ideal model for apprentices to copy.
And now here on the Racing Post News, we will have a look at some of the horses that Joe Mercer was involved with. And we'll start with Brigadier Gerard. The perfect equine athlete Brigadier Gerard had strong claims to the title Britain's horse of the 20th century. He won 17 of his 18 races over three seasons from 1970 to 72 for trainer Dick Hearn and owner breeders John and Jean Hislop and was invincible at a mile, still world class at one mile for two furlongs and good enough at one mile four furlongs to win the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Mercer rode him in all his races, even the Prince of Wales Stakes at Royal Ascot in 1972, which was only two days after surviving a fatal plane crash. Off the course since Middle Park Stakes, Brigadier Gerard beat Mill Reef by three lengths in the 1971 2000 guineas on the only occasion that the two great champions ever met. He then landed the St James's Palace, Sussex, Queen Elizabeth II and champion stakes in the first and last of those races showing plenty of guts on heavy ground that handicapped him. In 1972, Brigadier Gerard won the Eclipse and King George before suffering his only defeat when second to Derby winner Roberta in the inaugural Benson and Hedges Gold Cup which is now the Judamont International at York. It was perhaps the most baffling result in racing history. He then scored repeat victories in the Queen Elizabeth II and Champion Stakes. The Brigadier regularly trounced top-class rivals by wide margins and his talent, courage and amazing consistency made him a champion among champions. Next up, we look at Highclere. Mercer's only classic winner for the Queen, Highclere, landed the 1974 1000 guineas without a prep race. With the jockey riding at his strongest, the blinkered filly held Polygamy's challenge by a short head. She bypassed the Oaks, which was won by Polygamy, in favour for the French equivalent, the Prix de Diane, in which she beat Comtesse de Loire by two lengths. The Queen was at Chantilly to witness her biggest triumph on foreign soil, and that evening Mercer, Dick Hearn and their wives attended a royal family party at Windsor Castle in celebration. Highclere was then second to Dahlia in the King George. When mated with Bustino, she produced Height of Fashion, the Dam of Nashwan. Next up is Bustino, a dual champion and the second best horse of Mercer's career. Bustino would have given the jockey his elusive derby victory had he shown his best form in the 1974 renewal instead of finishing fourth behind 50-1 shot Snow Knight, whom he had twice beaten on merit. He then won the Great Voltigeur and scored a three-length victory in the St. Ledger. Trained by Dick Hearn for Lady Beaverbrook, Bastino won the 1975 Coronation Cup in record time and in the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Stakes was beaten by dual derby winner Grundy after a titanic duel up the Ascot Strait in a contest that is often called the Race of the Century. Mercer sent him clear half a mile out, but Grundy battled his way upsides with a furlong to go and edged ahead to win by half a length in record time. Bastino broke down a hundred yards from home and he never ran again, and under the new weight for age scale introduced the following year, he would have had to concede one pound less to his younger rival. Next up is Buckskin and Lamos. 
Now, Bugskin had already won the Prix de Cadran twice when owner Daniel Wiedenstein moved the five-year-old to Henry Cecil in the summer of 1978 and Mercer proceeded to win the Doncaster Cup and Jockey Club Cup on him. In 1979, Buckskin won the Henry II Stakes by 15 lengths and started odds-on for the Ascot Gold Cup, but it was one race too many for his fragile legs. He and Mercer came second, beaten seven lengths by Cecil's second-string Lamos, ridden by Lester Piggott. Lamos, the St Ledger runner-up of 1978, was reunited with Mercer for victories in the Goodwood and Doncaster Cups. In the three main cup races in 1980, Lamos beat Ardross in the closest and most exciting series of duels ever seen at the top level in Britain, scoring by an aggregate margin of little more than a length after racing a total of seven miles three furlongs. Owned by Carlo D'Alessio, Lamos's brother is the only horse to achieve the Stayers Triple Crown twice and he just shades Buckskin as Mercer's best stayer. And the last horse we'll look at is Chris. Trained by Henry Cecil for Lord Howard de Walden, Chris was one of the best and most consistent milers of the post-war era, winning 14 of his 16 races and coming second in the other two. He started favourite for the 1979-2000 guineas, but ran below his best when beaten half a length by Tap on Wood. The rest of that season was a triumphal procession as he landed the St James's Palace Stakes and scored five-length victories in the Sussex and Queen Elizabeth II Stakes. After victory in the 1980 Lockinge, his four-year-old campaign was an anticlimax and he was beaten a neck by known fact in a battle royal for the Queen Elizabeth II Stakes. He became champion sire. On to some other news now from the Racing Post. Racing fans were among those rejoicing on Monday after spectators finally stepped onto British tracks in meaningful numbers for the first time since last year's coronavirus lockdown in March. After a two-month hiatus, racing has taken place behind closed doors since June, with the exception of pilot events in September and during a short period of regional coronavirus tears in December. Last week, the BHA gave the green light for crowds of up to 4,000 or 50% capacity, whichever is lower, to return after UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced the easing of lockdown measures. Redcar, Carlisle, Leicester and Windsor were the first tracks to welcome back racegoers and changes to the rules in England and Scotland meant owners were once again granted paddock access. And our next headline from the Racing Post is Racegoers Have Their Say. It's a chance for racegoers to pass their comments to us here at the Racing Post. First off is Simon Dixon at Carlisle. He said, I'm excited to be back and get a few winners. There are still rules, but it's great to have a drink and a bet and meet up with friends. John Baxter and Chris Varley at Redcar said, This was the nearest course to home and we just couldn't wait to get back racing. We set off at 7.15 this morning, had our breakfast on the seafront, and we just want to see some live racing. It's much better than watching it on the TV. Susan Wood at Redcar said, We go racing as often as we can now we've retired. We come here to Redcar and to Ripon quite often, and we're glad to be back. We missed it. We've been watching the racing on the TV, but it's, it's a lot better to be here. The atmosphere and everything else are better. It was brilliant to back the first winner. I only had a few pounds on it, but it was great. 
Tony Hamilton, after riding the first winner at Redcar, said, Coming out of the weighing room and going back into the paddock, it's great to see people. Even cantering down, you can see everyone enjoying themselves, and it's great for the sport. Trainer Tracy Wagger at Redcar said, It's lovely having a crowd back. We've got people to talk to, and you're not sat in the wagon. Jamie Atkinson of from Maryport said, My girlfriend brought me here today, and it's the first time I've been racing. I've really enjoyed it. Although I didn't find any winners, it's great to get up close to the horses in the parade ring, and I'll definitely be coming back. I'm going to Haydock in a few weeks. Peter Dixon was among those in attendance at Carlisle, and he went to extra lengths to ensure he was presentable for his first day back. He said, I had my hair cut at nine o'clock this morning to get ready for this. He added, it's amazing to be at a sporting event again. He said, I've missed being able to go to the races or watch football and rugby live. Now, the return of fans was welcome news for course bookmakers who had been limited to laying owners for months and were unable to trade for much of last year at behind-closed-door meetings. The easing of coronavirus restrictions also had implications for high street bookmakers who were permitted to show live footage again. Betting shops reopen in England on April the 12th, but with stringent rules, including the removal of chairs and tables and limits on the number of gaming machines. Those restrictions have been lifted, but social distancing measures remain in place. Ben Keith, owner of Star Sports, said, The punters have been champion of the bit to get back during the last couple of weeks. He added, The shops have been open, but it's been a case of trying to get as much of the expenses as possible. Hopefully we can kick back into top gear. It is estimated racecourses missed out on £400 million in lost revenue since the beginning of the pandemic and the return of spectators represented an important step towards normality for British racing. The next target is the return of substantial crowds from June the 21st when the UK government hopes to again ease lockdown measures. And our final story from the Racing Post. Prize money for the Kipco British Champions Day is to be restored almost to pre-Covid levels, the organisers have announced. A total of £4 million will be on offer at Ascot on the 16th of October, just £200,000 below the high-water mark of 2019, and representing a rapid recovery from last year when the cars suffered a 40% cut in prize money due to the impact of the pandemic on racing's finances. The news was immediately welcomed by John Gosden, who can reasonably expect to be heavily involved on Champions Day, thanks to the likes of Palace Pier and Stradivarius. We are grateful to Kipco and British Champions Series for putting up such a valuable race day, the champion trainer said. He added, it is so important for British racing that there is internationally competitive prize money on offer for owners, who are the bedrock of our sport. Champions Day has quickly become one of the most important race days in the global racing calendar and with such prize money, I am sure it will continue to thrive. The Kipco Champion Stakes, Britain's most valuable race, will be worth £1.2 million this year, an increase of 60% on the Covid-affected renewal won by Adib. Prize money for the Queen Elizabeth II stakes will be £1.1 million, matching the equivalent figure from 2019 when King of Change won. The other three group races on the card will be worth £500,000 each, having been cut to £300,000 or £350,000 last year. 
the Balmoral handicap that closes the card will double in value to 200,000. Among those behind the announcement was Sheikh Fahad, director of Kipco, who noted that this year will mark the 10th anniversary of his family's support for the event. He said the day has established itself at the pinnacle of the global racing calendar and it is only fitting that the prize money reflects that. Richard Hannan, trainer of King of Change, also welcomed the news, saying you always want to have runners on Kipco British Champions Day and it'll be even more important this year with such fantastic prize money on offer. All credit to Kipco and the team for making it happen. It's a real boost for everyone in the game. Now, the timing of the announcement, five months ahead of the fixture, appears intended to give confidence to owners and trainers mapping out campaigns for high-class horses. It comes on the day after the general return of spectators to English racecourses, offering hope that the sport can now work its way back towards some kind of financial stability. In addition to Kipco's sponsorship, prize money for the card is underwritten by British Champions Series whose spokesperson said despite the lack of certainty around all our revenues at present, the prospect of the return of spectators and no disruption to this year's racing calendar provides us with the confidence to make this early commitment. There we go. That was Mike Padden with this week's Racing News, courtesy of the Racing Post. Right, well, let's have a look and see where you can actually go racing this week. Uh, we start off, there are seven races at Goodwood with a 105 start. Seven races at Haydock on the flat with a 120 start. Seven races at Newmarket with a 125 start. Eight races at the Curra on the flat, 145 start. Seven races at York, 205 start. Seven jump races at Stratford with a 540 start. Seven flat races at Lingfield on the all-weather with a 520 start. And you can also go to Doom Ben in Australia if you fancy the trip. Right, well, now it's time for some guests. And let's first of all catch up with Nick Schofield. Good afternoon, Nick Schofield. How the devil are you? Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, Aidy. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, yeah, very well, thank you. Um, busy away, racing most days. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, no, can't complain. Good, good, good. Well. That's what we like to hear. Now, you've had a pretty, a pretty busy time. Um, not, not no winners there, but you've been been uh, actively employed for the last two weeks non-stop by the look of it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, and it's looking touch wood. It will be, and I will continue to do so this week. So, um, yeah, no, they all have had a lot of places, which is good in lots of ways, but frustrating in the other. But hopefully, those horses will win very soon. Yeah, I mean, um, we've had a lot of rain lately, an awful lot of rain lately. How's that affected the going from a from a riding point of view? Uh, it's been a beneficial, actually. Um, yeah. We we needed it. Um, this, this, this horse's welfare would have helped, and um, you know it's much nicer as a jockey on slower conditions. And um, yeah, no, it's been a it's been greatly received um, because I'm sure it's going to dry out very soon again. Yeah. And um, well, no one likes firm ground, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, it's uh, the garden's growing fast now, which tells a lot. So um, yeah, you got your, um, have you got your yeah, spuds no, up yet, then? Uh, no, not quite. No. <laughs> oh, we have. <laughs> so there. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, does it does it affect? You know, I mean, I know it affects how you ride the horse, but I mean, is it is it more um, exhausting, shall we say, riding a horse on a, you know, if it's a real mud bath of a of a track, or does it not really affect you in terms of the the amount of output of energy that you have to do? Uh, no, it's 
Um, you go a bit slower um, on when the grounds. Um, so you have to save every bit of energy you can. Um, the falls are softer. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose the races take longer, but the races are run differently. It's easier to come from behind when the ground's softer um, because horses are able to keep going for longer on when the ground's a bit firmer. So yeah, yeah, it's, there's lots of different things. But horses like it Sunday, and um, yeah, you know the races are run differently and. There's a lot of pros and cons to it, but um, I think, as a rule, then softer conditions always are always better. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what have you got lined up for the next week or so, then, Nick? Anything? Uh, anything stand yeah, out? I got, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a couple of good chances on Thursday. Yeah. Um, hopefully, one of them, Manella Voucher, Farrelly's done, and um, another horse from Lavelle that they would have good chances. And yeah, Friday got one ride and. Yeah, the weekend looks to be busy. I think I'm at faking them on Sunday. A few oh. chances up there. So, um, yeah, yeah, drive, driving around the country, wearing out the tyres on the car, but can't complain. Oh, that's fair enough then. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay, well, look, um, thanks for that, Nick. Um, I wish you all the best for the next coming seven days. Yeah. Make sure you pick up a few Thank winners. Yeah, thanks very much, everyone. Well, that was a very busy Nick Schofield, who's been running around all over the countryside, burning up the miles on his car. Well, today I've been out and about in the sunshine, and uh, I thought it was about time I popped over to Melbourne Port and catch up with Colin Tizard. Well, morning, Colin. Nice to see you again. Must be nearly a year, I think, since I've been over. Getting on for, anyway. Is it that long? I it's got to be getting on that way with all these lockdowns and one thing or another but you know but um looking back i mean not the greatest of seasons for you i'm sure you'd be prepared to admit but uh you're getting there slowly yeah it's hard you know we we've had something some sort of low-grade virus it's not obvious horses have looked absolutely fine you know been beautiful and you wouldn't hear any any horse cough but it's not the first you know we all know about viruses now don't we they can't yeah. control the ones in the humans let alone yeah. um there's a lot of trainers haven't had the best of seasons, but we there's 450 trainers in England, I think, and we were we finished 11th in the championship. So it's not all doom and gloom, is no, it? No, absolutely not. Well, 11th out of 450, if you've got a problem, is I thought it was pretty good. Really. Well, yeah, I don't say we got a problem. We not no more than any anyone else gets it. But sometimes mm. you're in flying form. Sometimes you're not quite, and. Uh, only thing you would say if they don't run very well for a couple of times, the handicap cabber drops them in their in the weight, and then you can yeah. win again. But yeah. if you have if we have a real good season, a lot of your horses are highly handicapped, and if they're not in better form again, you can't win with them. No, no, it's a right. handicapping system. So, yeah. um, so we're doing everything. We're testing the soils and the grasses and everything. And yeah, we're just making sure there's nothing put our finger on anyway but you know the, the the old season's just finished the new season's just started generally unless i've got it wrong you you don't tend to participate much in the in the summer racing but you seem to have had quite a few runners lately yeah we yeah april we didn't have many because the ground had dried up you now we've got english may haven't we Rain, yeah. raining every day and um we've got ones we, you know, we've got 20 left in the run the ground's good again I mean, you know, we can't really turn them back because it's too wet. Mm. You know, they're raining on their backs. And uh, so we, we just thought these horses are in quite good form. If we could get 10 or 15 winners on board by by the 1st of October when the rest sort of kick in again, it'd be quite nice. And also, it'd be quite nice for Joe because, you know, I, I'd say once he's done his modules... 
It's got three modules to do. Then his name can be on the top, and I'll be I'll be his assistant. Mm. That doesn't mean I'm giving him my business. No. Or <laughs> anything like that. Just that his name will be. You know, I've said this to everybody, and honestly, people are now. My phone's gone quiet. Other than you ringing, no one's ringing oh, me. Oh, well, there you go. There you are. <laughs> you can always they, rely on me. <laughs> they, want, they want to talk to Joe. Yeah. So, uh, there you are. We went to sales yesterday. Three-year-old unbroken store sales. And um, trade was strong. Nichols was outbidding. Uh, some of these young unbroken three-year-olds were, were making as much as they ever have. Yeah. And the trade was... Everyone was excited to be out again. Um you know, because we've been in, we've been racing for a year now, where no owners have been. No trainers have just, if the owners weren't there, most of the trainers didn't go, or you were, you had to be there and you didn't have a drink. You yeah. were having coffee. Racing has been brilliant, keeping racing going. Yeah, but now's the time that people will want to come back, and um, we need to get get the prize money back up again mm. it's not for me it's for, to reward our owners you know if, yeah. if we can have some fun and win some money and help pay for the training and then the horse then they, then they'll be then they'll buy another one or mm. invest in another partnership but if if there's no return then it's not so good but then if you go on holiday you don't get you don't get your money back for that do you no no so it's, <laughs> no. no when I go play golf or something I don't get my money back for <laughs> no, that either no there you are but, but, but having said that Colin um the Irish have certainly sort of really dominated, haven't they? Even on on the flat now, they're certain to, you know, they're coming. Aidan O'Brien and what have you. I mean, uh, you, you know, is it just totally prize money? Do you think, or have they got some sort of a hoodoo over us at the moment? I don't know what it is, but watching Cheltenham, they weren't just beating us; they were coming past us, two two or three furlongs out on the bridle, beating us as mm. well, which. You know, no one can put their hand on that. Um, I know we're in racing, things go round, swings and roundabouts, but it all stems from when these young, when these young horses come onto the market. There's quite a few big owners now, in with their horses in Ireland, because the prize money is twice as much. Day to day prize money is twice as much. Yeah. So there's a return on there. I think the money thing is a biggest angle I know we're striving striving to find out if there's anything we should be um, or could you know it's, it's what you eat what you drink and what mm. makes you live doesn't it so yeah. you're wondering what what they drink what, what is the water fine is the, their food better um, have they got advantage we haven't got mm. I don't know no certainly so tell me about this this stepping down or taking a backward step what what brought that about? I mean, just sort of passage of age or yeah, what? Yeah, well, I'm 65. Yeah. And it's only fair on Joe. Joe's 41. Might even be 42. No, 41. And um, he he's ready. It's right for him. He, he, doesn't need to, he doesn't need to sit behind me anymore. No. Um, there's a lot of decisions to make. And, uh, you know, when they're big ones, you know, we, we, we talk about it. The little ones he can go on and do. And I can, I'm going to, there's a lot, a lot of things like with staffing issues and buying horses and lame horses and where to run, who spoke to that owner. There's a lot going on and I'm 65 and I think it's right that I just ease back a bit. 
Yeah, yeah. Joe have full pressure. That's what it is. Not yeah, you yeah. hide behind someone else all your life, and uh, I think it's lovely. I'm 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 proud of watching him in action. Like I, where I've come from now, there's six horses have just come back from the sales. We got a couple to sell. There's owners just arrived. Did, they may buy one, they may not. Yeah, yeah. Joe said, I'd better come on up and talk to them as well. That's why I was late talking to you. Yeah, fair enough. Because some of them would like me to be there as yeah, well. Yeah, well, just, you're the name, aren't you, I well, suppose? Yeah, but... As well as. Mm. I've been doing it a long time selling horses, so I, yeah. I, don't want to, I don't want anyone to have anything they can't afford, and I don't want anyone to have one. You know, They've they got to be happy having it, because then we can have some... Then we can, you know... Every horse can't win, can they? Every time? No, no, of course not. But, uh, but I mean, Joe comes over very well on the TV when he, when I've seen him on there. Very, and you know, you don't come on as much as you used to, I fancy. But he does. But he comes over very well, very knowledgeable, and you know, he's done it all his life, hasn't he? He's been ever since he was sixteen. He was a jockey. Yeah. And then he was a conditional, and he's been a full-time jockey, and he's been assistant trainer. And it's his turn. Uh, his turn. He can talk to anyone. Is he? And, but it's only right. He has a full worry of it. Yeah. He's up here at some half past six every morning just getting three or four horses out of the box and making sure they're sound enough to gallop to it mm. this day and all things like that. Um, well, I suppose we'd better talk to him from now on then. Yeah, can do that. <laughs> no, he, might, he might be too busy, but I haven't given up yet. He's still no. calling to no, 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 no. And it won't be till set. Right, it's going. It won't be to September or October that he gets his name on there. No, I shall. I shall ring you and him. That's the, probably the best well, I get. The best of both worlds. Then, but uh, well. but you know, no. But uh, so, but if you've got any, uh, you know, if you've got any sort of uh, dark horses in there that are going to set the world on fire, hopefully this season. Well, yeah, what, what, there was one. What won at Newton Abbott two weeks ago? Wasn't there? He absolutely bolted up. Yeah. Uh, we, we've got enough lovely young horses you know, to be fair like Native River you know he'll start off next year and when we get on his favour ground if he's not quite as good as he, you know, he he ran really at Sandown this year right up to his best mark yeah yeah. But he's 11 and you know, just look what he's done for us if he's if he's starting to age we'll stop with him yeah we yeah. haven't got a thistle crack. We haven't got a cue card. No. They, they were mega stars in yeah, any, yeah. any generation. Yeah. To find another one of them, it's not easy. Look, no, we were I'm trying. Sure. <laughs> we've been bidding for horses the last two days. And yeah. There's always someone with more money. and um, So that's, that's what we've got to do. We've got to make it fun, but we want to be, obviously, racing in all the best races and been, but, and being competitive in all the rest as well. And I've got to ask you about my friend lost in translation because he always comes over and has a chat when I come down. How's he? How's he looking? I mean, is he? He's out in the field. You know, he's disappointing this year, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. We um, he did have a little bit of a chest infection. Um, I think he there's a good chance he wasn't quite right, and he could be equally as good next year. Yeah. Well, better than he is this year then, but. Mm. Yeah, you know, they're not machines. It's not no. like it's not like changing their car better and you can go again. It's uh, <laughs> no, definitely not. No, though. it's not. So yeah. we're, you know, we, we just think we could nearly want to go cut with him, but we're not there at the moment, are we? No, but keep going, keep looking until mm. you find the right. Uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? The right ingredients. Yeah, there you are. Uh, yeah. Sort it out. Yeah. Try as hard as you can. You have a, you have a nice summer, a bit of time, nice bit of grass, stop mm. being in training, come back in first week in July, get ready for mid-October. Um, start again. Well, look, thank you ever so much for talking to us well, again nice to and you again. interrupting your day. And um, yeah, well, I'll be in touch soon and talk mm. to Joe. Yeah, <laughs> Joe. If you don't answer, I'll answer. Well, that was Colin Tizard over at Melbourne Port in fine form. Okay, time to join our next guest on the show, and that is Mr. Rod. Good afternoon, Rod. Um, the last two days, you you were really flying. Uh, Abel Kane, and uh, then yeah. yesterday, Crystal Cask. Very, very unlucky not to, to win that one at Kempton. So uh, you must be pleased with that. Yeah, the horse is running very well at the moment. Um, as we speak, we're, ju- we're just waiting for the see how the one goes today at Lingfield. Gracious girl, she should have a chance with a good draw today. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, what, anything particularly you put it down to? Or is it just the way it goes? I mean, you know... To, 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 um, I just It just ha- happens to be horses in form with the right races coming up this week, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Abel Kane had been waiting for that race for a while that was always going to be his next race he was an unlucky loser the time before he was just in a poor track position on the flat um, the best horse often often doesn't win in a race if he's out of position if he's not in the right position in the race uh, yeah. he, Abel Kane got behind some slow horses last time and couldn't get through and gave the winner too much start when, mm. he, when he was second whereas this time we, we had a better draw and we were able to always be in the driving seat and take pace in the race yeah, yeah, and and gracious girl, you say running at Lingfield today Thursday. Um, you're hopeful of a good result there, then. Well, she's she's not run a bad race all season, but she hasn't had a good draw, and consequently hasn't been able to get involved. Mm. Um, whereas today she's got the best draw in in an un- uncompetitive race, so I'm hopeful hopeful of a good run. She is, she's still a maiden, yeah. So um, it'd be nice to get a win with her, win, win with her, you know. Who's on board today? But she's. Uh, Charlie Bennett right. but she is one of those horses she's actually though she hasn't won a race she's won more money than she cost <laughs> oh, well that's got to be alright from the owner's point of view then. yeah so um, not many horses win back their purchase price mm. uh, she was only £2,000 oh right right which just shows you though you can go racing and not have to pay an absolute fortune for it um, no flat flat racing you can you can still be competitive for uh, a couple of thousand pounds Mm. And that's buying a yearling unraced. Yeah. And the other way you can go, you can people you can buy a horse that is already already raced um, at a grade. Uh, sometimes people will buy an older horse which has um, shown form in the past and has deteriorated, lost its form. And you can pick a horse up from the big stables for anything from fifty thousand down to a thousand pounds. Yeah. And you you might. You may well be able to revitalise it. It might have just got sir in a big yard, mm. whereas a, a small yard with a bit of personal attention could could transform, get it back to form again. Or yeah. it may have an injury, which um, which you may buy it with an injury, and you give it time to get to recover, and you could end up with a good horse again. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought a horse many years ago called Mustachhead. He'd been a good horse for a big trainer in Lambourne. Um, he was probably a horse that was probably at one time worth a quarter of a million pounds. I bought him for six grand. Um, we won about nine races with him. And I actually got him up to the same rating as when he was at the top yard. And he ran until he was 10. Which so, s- you know. Says a lot for your ability as a trainer, though, doesn't it? Well, 
I've had other horses that didn't didn't come back. Obviously, you know, yeah. so it, it can it can go the other way, you know. But um, I mean, we've had a lot of good horses for cheap money and have done well. Um, so flat racing is not so. It, it's although the top end of the market is beyond most people, you can still have fun flat racing with a budget of say five or six thousand. Yeah, and of course it's changed now. But the, the crowds are back. Um, you must have noticed a difference. I mean, a, a difference to the to the to the good as well. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I mean, it's a bit of a bank. There's a feel good factor starting to come back. Mm. Um, I'm going to Goodwood tomorrow. I've got two runners at Goodwood, and uh, I've got a filly there called Four a Day. And the owners have never seen her race. Really, and she's won one two two races this season. They haven't seen her yet. Yeah. So the first time they will see a filly is tomorrow. So they're really looking forward to it. And and I see you you've got uh, one two uh, one at Bath and two at Goodwood. One at Bath. And, yeah. Um, um, we've got Sweet Pursuit, who's taking a bit of time to find her form, but um, she she probably she probably blossom and get more bit more sun on her back. It's mm. been very hard to train fillies at the moment because they haven't come in their coats yet. No. No. Um, my best chance of the day tomorrow is probably for a day. Mm. She's sort of second or third in the betting. And I've got a nice horse on the Ragatep who loves soft ground. He's in tomorrow at uh, Goodwood in a mile race. And I'm hoping he'll run a good race. Well, we should be looking out for them. Just finally, Rod, I was, I was going through on the computer, came across an article about you, and, and they were mentioning about Reg Akers, who was a, you know, a bit of a... A bit of a legend, really, in his, in his days. What did you learn from Reg Akers? Well, he, he was a very, very clever trainer. The stand, the stand of the horse care was was very high there. Um, he he trained. He was a very professional trainer, mm. and um, what and it stood me in good, gave me a good start in it. You know, and it gave me high standards. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, we would pride ourselves on on on. Looking after the horses to a very high standard here. Mm. Um, you, you, if you if you work for some like Red Acres, you don't learn anything. You're not very bright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. But um, I mean, it's obviously and it's funny when I when I when I first went to Martin Pipe to work. Yeah, um, Martin only had a handful of horses then, and all he ever did was quiz me as to how Red Acres did things. Yeah, yeah. And Martin put the put the same professionalism. He trained with the same professionalism as a flat trainer in the jumping game, where the majority of the other trainers were very amateurish. Right, right. And that was, and that was the reason, a lot of the reason for his success in the eighties. Mm. But of course, now nowadays you have a lot of very, very good jump trainers about nowadays. You know, you've got like Paul Nichols mm. and two of his his assistants, Dan Fry and Harry Skelton, have, have really done well. Yeah, um, and. The whole game has changed. When I went, when I first started training, I would have said there were probably ten percent of the trainers were really professional, and the rest of them did it because it was a good lifestyle. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. But nowadays, nowadays, no. I mean, nowadays you still get a lot of people who train because they just love the training and and do it. Do it. But the, the whole industry is is more professional now. Mm. You know. Mm. Well, let's you hope never, that. You know. that having the crowds back is gonna is gonna you know lift the whole game. I mean, you know, it certainly seems to be going well at the moment, and uh, we just got to hope that this Indian virus doesn't sort of uh, uh, you know muck up the whole situation, and we go back to having to have no supporters again at the uh, at the grounds. Well, you know, I think I think now they've got a, a a vaccine that you can just tweak a little bit to deal with different variants. I think. I think with a bit of luck, we'll we'll only ever be a couple of months behind 
the next vaccine, you know, the next time. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be able to change things. I think as long as you're all careful and, um, you know, don't don't take too many chances, we should be okay. Yeah, um, yeah. But, of course, you see, a lot of these Indian variants, the Indian community do live a lot closer together than, yeah. than, than um, other people. And, of course, you know, some of the households have got sort of, you know, they probably live in a four-bedroom house with about 12 people, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's one of the problems, isn't it? But it's, that, that doesn't help. No. Um, and, of course, a lot of the Indian, Indian people wouldn't have the vaccines. No, no. Well, that's another problem, isn't it, in itself, that this, this uh, anti-vaccine brigade, albeit that they're not that great in proportion, nonetheless, it's something that you don't want because they are, ineffectively, they're affecting us, aren't they, by not having it? So, uh, yeah, well, you know. The, the trouble is, I mean... You've got we've 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 been having vaccines for the last hundred years since, since uh, smallpox vaccine mm. back in back in you know hundred hundred and thirty years ago forty years ago, and we think nothing of it now. No. Um, and of course, when you had the um, MRI MRI vaccine, sort of fifteen years ago, a lot of people didn't have the jabs then for their kids, and that's why you're having so many of these um, students getting um, terrible diseases. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, that's right. Um, you know, I think uh, I, I can understand. I, I can understand people's um, fears, but you know, you've got to think of the, the consequences of not having it. I think you know. Yeah. Well, look, Rod. Thank you very much for catching us. Like, uh, like I caught you on the hop a little bit, but thanks for that. And uh, good luck this afternoon, and uh, and good luck tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we'll, we'll catch bye up bye. with you next week. Thanks, Rod. Okay. Bye bye. Bye-bye, thank you. Well, that was Rod Milman down at Columpton, and uh, he's flying at the moment, so that's good news for him. Well, now it's time to pop up to Lamble, where we've got a doubleheader, where we're going to be talking to, first of all, Jamie Snowden, and then Tom Ward. Well, good evening, Jamie. What's been going on, then? The moment I turn my back on you, and suddenly the winners are going in left, right, and centre. Yeah, well... Um... We, we, we've had a we've had a great start to the season. First couple of weeks in, and we've we've got six winners on the board already, which um, which is great. Three winners in the first couple of days, and and um, three in the last the last ten days. So no, can't complain at all. What what what's happened though, Jamie? I mean, is anything, anything? Can you put it down to anything? Is it just good luck, or is it uh, different horses, or you know, what what, what do you no. think? Um, obviously, through April there wasn't much rain at all, was there? The ground no. was very quick, so we didn't we didn't run much in April. Um, but we had the horses ready, ready to go. But we didn't run much, and um, obviously there's been a been a bit of rain, rain around in the last uh, last three weeks, and we've run them, and thankfully they've run really well. So and hopefully, I guess you're expecting to carry on going that as long as it keeps raining, which it seems to be doing every day at the moment. Well, seems to be, doesn't it? But um, I listen. We'll have some horses that do want fast ground. So um, the horses that we're running at the moment will probably look to sort of back off and turn them out and, and then we'll only have probably 15 or so ready to go throughout the, the, the height of the summer. Yeah, but but I mean, apart from the winners, you've had a, a third, a second, a fourth, a fifth, you know, a fourth. They, 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 they go, they're obviously all performing well. It's not just the winners, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and obviously we had a wonderful season the season before last and last season was good. Um, as we said, a couple of grade two winners always helped and um, but you know, we we were you know, COVID kind of came came at um, well. Listen, it, there was never a good time for COVID to hit, was there? But no. um, we 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 always, if you look through the history of um, of our runners, we always have a have a good May, 
um, it just so so happens, you know, the, the ground is lovely and we, we, we run some nice horses. So we didn't have that last year. Um, and that kind of put us on the back foot from, from the word go, really. Whereas this time around, it's always nice to to get a few winners on the board before before you really get going. Mm. Well, now, I know it's early days yet, but you've got uh, a few entered up for next week. Well, Saturday. So let's start with the one on Saturday first, someday soon. Hopeful? Really nice horse. He, 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 ran, um, he ran probably, well, one of his really good races the last time, first day of the season, um, when he was third. He'd been off the track for a long time. Um, he was off a, a career-high mark of 139. And um, and he finished third in a good race. He he runs again on Saturday, providing um, he does want good ground. So if, if it does rain too much, he he won't be running on Saturday. But um, if it doesn't rain, then hopefully he should go 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 well. Okay, well early days yet for the rest. But uh, you got one on Tuesday at, at uh, Southall. Um, how do you do? How do you do do? No, how how do you do? Yeah. <laughs> how do you do? <laughs> what are exactly. These so uh, I know, mad, isn't it? Mad. Yeah. How do you do? Yeah. Um, she's okay. She's been a little bit disappointing, but because of that, she's probably put a handicap mark that she might be able to go and win off. She's been placed a few times, um, and uh, I, I ran her over over too short a trip last time. We're stepping her back up again, and um, hopefully, hopefully that should see her in better light. She's she's still got to grow up and mature and. She, she's she'll, she'll get there, but um, yeah, whether it's Tuesday or not well, remains to be seen. Mm. And then obviously we're going even further ahead, so anything could happen. But um, all right, Jack Bucko's boy, no anxiety, three ways. What about any of those? Are they likely to go? Do you think? Or yeah, no anxiety in three ways. Will um, no anxiety was our first first runner of the new season. He was our mm. first winner. Um, so he's gone up. He's gone up six. He's gone up six pounds as a result of that win. And um, and but he, he he's only a five year old, and and you'd like to hope that there's plenty more improvement left in it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was the other one you said you thought would go? Three ways, I think will go. All right, yeah. And, and what about him? He's um he's he was a good horse. Um, he slightly lost his way, and he's coming back down down the handicap as a result. Our, our, our young lad in the yard, he's gonna he's gonna have a ride on him. Give him a little bit of experience. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, look, it's great to talk to you again. I'm I'm gonna not ring you again for a couple of three weeks, and hopefully we'll have a whole load of all winners because it's obviously the missing link, isn't it? If I don't ring you, the winners come yeah, in. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. Well, long we'll, long, long, may, long may the luck continue. Anyway. Yeah. We'll keep up the good work, Jamie. Anyway, and it's good to talk to you again, and uh, you know, hopefully. As I say, next time we speak, we'll have a load more winners there. Look forward to it. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks ever so much, Jamie. See you soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden, obviously reveling in the soft ground and good ground. And now it's time to just go down the road a little bit, turn left, and we arrive at Tom Ward. Right. Well, you know there's a saying that uh, they say smoking can damage your health. Well, we've got, yeah. a, new, we've got a new one here. Talking to Three, uh, Three Valleys Radio can seriously increase your winners because we've got Jamie Snowden suddenly gone mad just around the corner from you somewhere. Um, Rod Milburn's had about three, I think, in the last week to ten days. You've had one plus a few places. So, quite quickly, you know, you've got to keep talking to Three Valleys Radio, haven't you? Well, that's it. We keep trying, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So, so what sort of a week have you had then, Tom, in, in terms of runners and, and you know, Jim? Um, no, but... 
a good week. We had a nice winner there on um, on Thursday. Oh, sorry, what day are we on? We had a nice winner there on Tuesday um, at Wolverhampton, which was great. Well, Alphonse, um, Alphonse Carr, that one? Yeah, he was pretty impressive. He's a nice horse. We bought him from the Breeze Ups uh, last year, and he's been a little bit sort of hard to deal with mentally. But we've now sort of got got the hold of got the hang of him, and he's you know to be fair, he's, he's starting to pay his way, and hopefully now he's got the hang of racing a bit better. We can um, try and get a few results out of him. Yeah. Um, we had a nice nice couple of placings at Newbury on the weekend, um, which was great, and you know, we had fourth in the listed race, which was cool, and uh, a third in the the maiden on the Friday. Um, so no, we've had a good good week. Uh, we've got a few tomorrow and, and Saturday. So yeah, no, it's, we're in good shape. So I'll keep the prize money coming in, and that's what you want. Um, that's it, exactly. Got to got to got to try. Yeah. So well, let's look at these runners you've got now tomorrow and Saturday. Um, the first one, Zhu Feng. Is that how you pronounce it? Zhu Feng. Yeah. So, yeah. What's what's so sort he's of? A, um, he's an eight-year-old, so he's got his own ideas on life. But he's uh, he's very talented. He's a Royal Ascot winner in the past. Yeah. Um, we bought him in the in the in, in over the winter, and he won first time out for us at Kempton. Right. Um, he's put a couple of okay efforts in since, but tomorrow I've gone for the for the blinkers, and we're going to Goodwood, and we're putting Tom Mark one back in the saddle. So look, he's he's eighteen to one, twenty to one, roughly, and I think he's got a good chance of finishing the first three. Um, He's in great form at home. I think hopefully with the headgear doing doing the right trick uh, or the right job, that we've got a nice chance of running a big race. So no, I'd be confident he'll run well. So at eighteen or twenty to one, he's definitely worth a bit of each way money, then, isn't he? I'd say so. I mean, he has eight runners in the race. So you'll get three places. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's you know, and it's not too 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 big a, a field for sure. So um, good chance no. there. And then we've got another one here, Amberella. What about that one? That bar. Well, she's one. I've I've changed i've changed i've the filly's very talented she's um she's she's shown me at home she's got plenty of ability and i've changed a few things recently just to try and eke out that little bit of improvement but i'm hoping tomorrow from from my perspective is d-day if she doesn't perform tomorrow then i'm not sure we're going to get much more out of her but she's she's had a lot of things we've changed a few things in her routine and um put some also put some blinkers on her and I'm thinking tomorrow is her day if we're going to get the best result out of her. I know she's she's roughly twenty to one, fourteen to one, or sixteen to one on the on the bookies. But I'm hoping that I've got everything right and everything laid out perfectly that she can run a nice race because she's got the ability to to win a race like that. Um, I'm just hoping that I've put everything in the right position that she can uh, she can get the job done for us. And who's riding her? Guy called Richard Kingscote, who's who's oh, fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he uh, and he rode me. He rode the winner on Tuesday as well. So hopefully he can keep the uh, the winners coming for the yard. But he um he's he's a very good very good rider. Uh, rides a lot for Dascom and Michael Stout. So yeah, no, I've seen him. He's he's ridden a lot for Michael Stout lately, hasn't he? So and and yeah, with he's one good... of the best. One of the best in the country. He's yeah, very good. definitely. Um, and then Saturday, Beauty Stone at Goodwood again. Well, look, she's won her last three, so. You hope she can go there and put four in a row. You, the ground's mm. going to be ideal. Um, she's got Richard Kingscote in the saddle as well, so hopefully he keeps the the, the, the ball rolling. Um, yeah, like I'm going there confident she's going to run really well. I'm not saying she's going to win, but I'd be no. confident she's going to run a big race. Um, she'd be very close. She's not going to get beat far if she gets beat, but I'd be hopeful she can get ahead in front. But she's she's a tough filly. 
like I say, she's won her last three. She won very impressively last week at Windsor. So hopefully now we've got the ball rolling with her. She's in great nick and she can try and get another one. Yeah. I presume, though, if she's won three on the trot, she's going to be fairly short-priced, I would imagine, especially with Richard King's I don't know. She's about seven to two, so she's not not ridiculous. Oh, no, 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 um, not too bad then. She, she might shorten up as the day goes in, but no, she's she's definitely uh, a filly to watch because she's she's tough and she loves the ground. And yeah, I'm thinking she's got a good chance. And then Sunday, I don't know if we can go that far ahead. Um, Devil's Club again. He won last week um, at Bath, and he's got Tom Mark one in the saddle. Um, I'd be confident again, purely on the fact that the ground is soft. He loves soft ground. He, uh, he, he, if you get the armbands out, he loves that. So <laughs> the key is for him um, is to get him out. And whilst the ground is as it is, is to try and get another win into him. But he won impressively last week with Holly Doll in the saddle. And I would be hopeful again he'd be bang there. Um, he's got a nice chance. He's a tough horse. He loves his racing. Uh, but like I say, the ground is key with him. He loves soft ground. So we may as well make hay, hopefully, while the sun shines or while the rain, the rain comes yeah. at the moment. Well, seeing the weather forecast just now, I know I'm in the West Country and you're not, but uh, there's still an awful lot of rain about by the look of it. So uh, there's a lot. I'd yeah. say in the next few days we're still going to get plenty. So mm. it'll be, um, it'll be, it'll be. You just got to get the right horses on the right track on the right ground. That's key. Uh, keep keep the horses that want the better ground at home and wait for the better ground to come, which it will, which it will. But we'll yeah. just try and uh, try and get the horses out that like it at the moment. That's the key. How difficult is it for a trainer such as yourself to? You know, you look at a horse. You obviously you watch his performances, but but you know, what are the things that stick out to you that make you think now he likes soft ground and he likes hard ground? And and you know, what what are the specifics? Can you be more specific about it? You can look at their 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 action is probably one of the high the the, the key points is how they move. Yeah. Um, if they if they were to bring their knee quite high when they gallop, so if they had a knee action what we call it um that is a good indication that they probably want softer ground because they can pick their feet up out of the ground quicker whereas oh, the horses have a low a stride that's low to the ground like a daisy cutter they don't really get their feet out the ground so they get a little bit stuck in the mud um pedigree is a lot to do with it uh certain stallions have certain traits on ground mm -hmm. uh not all of them but so hence some American stallions will generally want quicker ground, uh, but some of the, a lot of the English stallions, depending on who they are, Dream Ahead, etc., um, Australia, those sort of stallions actually want most of their progeny want soft ground. Um, so that's another point. But the key, the key indicator for, for us as trainers is probably their way they move and their and their knee action um, indicates exactly what sort of ground they want. Mm. Well, look, Colin Brown had ten winners. He tipped ten winners on our show last week. So I'm open. That's pretty impressive. That's it is. Impressive. I tell you, I can't believe he did it. And, and you know, the ironic thing is, <laughs> I only backed one of them, and that one didn't win. So. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, that's very impressive. yeah, it is. But there you go. But so hopefully you're you're four or five there. Well, let's hope they're going to be winners as well. So best of luck for the weekend, Tom. Thanks once again for joining us. We really appreciate it, and um, keep up the good work, mate. No problem. Well, good luck to everyone, and uh, fingers crossed we can do something. Let's hope so. Well, there we go. That was Tom Ward up at Lambourne when. It sounds like everything's going rather well up there. OK, well, now it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. Good morning, Dave. Hi, you're Adrian. How are you? Oh, not too bad, mate. And yourself? Well, the suntan is not doing very well this year. <laughs> <laughs> no, indeed not. A bit, well, of a late, bit of a late start, isn't it? It is. Uh, 
is more like a wind wind chill, but there you go. Yeah. Well, uh, the awkward thing for us is you never know what, what conditions you're going to get the following day. It's either going to buck it down overnight or it's going to dry out with the wind blowing. Never mind. Anyway, what, what, have, what have we got? Where are we going? More to the point tomorrow, then. Well, we're going to have a look at the Class 1 races tomorrow. Obviously, we get a better line of form through them, and we know them horses a lot better than we do the handicappers. So yeah, uh, yeah. We're just going to have a look through all the cards and the Class 1 racing on tomorrow. There's actually six races that we've looked at. So we'll start at Goodwood to start with. Okay. And the first Class 1 race there is a 2.10 race, and yeah. it's a Class 1 listed event. We're going with Alzacquan. The Zara Quan, or however you pronounce it, one of the Arab no. horses. <coughs> Number one. Um, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Crowd is riding it, and William Haggis trains it. We know them two names very well. Uh, uh, this fella's won four of his last five races, and he, he was only beaten in a Group 2 Jockey Club stakes up at Newmarket last time out. And obviously, a Class 1 listed event is like two grades lower, so it's like dropping down from a Class 2 into a Class 4 race. Yeah, and uh, obviously he looks well worth the tag of being a favourite in here. And the thing that we've actually pinpointed is his two main rivals in the betting market are Stormy Antarctic and Desert Encounter. Now these two between them have raced in seventy-four races, and they've only got eighteen wins in them seventy-four races between the two of them. Yeah. Which obviously isn't great stats for either of them, but the, the one thing that we've really picked out on the stats side of it is Stormy Antarctic last won in April 2019, which mm. is over two years ago, and Desert Encounter last won in October 2019. So obviously the chances of either of them two coming out and producing a career best to beat our Zaraquan, it's... Uh, Highly unlikely, yeah. to say the least. And obviously, with Alzaraquan having won four of his last five and is an improving type, it's uh, well worth having a bit of a nine to four that's on offer with Paddy Powers and Betfair at the moment. So okay. that's who we're going to start the day off with. Radio. And then moving down the card at Goodwood to the 325 race, another Class 1 listed event. And this time, we're going to be going with Hockham. Uh, obviously, we backed him a couple of times last year and he duly obliged for us. Uh, again, Jim Crowley's on board for Owen Burroughs. Yeah. Uh, the thing to note here is if this race was a handicap, Huckham would be giving all of these at least six or eight pound. But obviously, because it's a Class 1 listed event, they're all running off level weights. Now, in this race, the majority of them are six, seven or eight-year-olds, and Huckham's only a four-year-old. So obviously, he's still got time to improve. And as he showed last year, he's, he's, he is a very good improving type. Now, his odds are 11 to 10, but rather short. But as we say, like, he's thrown in on the weights. Like, he's, as I say, handicap-wise, he's six down well in on the weights. And his age is showing that he's got improvement where the others are on the, either levelled out or they're going to start slowly declining. So, uh, obviously, we'll be taking a little bit of the 11 to 10, which is on offer with heels at the moment. So, that's what we've got at Goodwood for Saturday. Alrighty, up. Moving over to Haydock. And we'll be looking at the 335, first of all, a Class 1 Group 2. And the horse we're liking here is the Learjet. Going to be ridden by O'Shea Murphy and trained by Michael Bell. Uh, he, he won his first two races last year, and then he was purchased by the Qatar Racing Mob. And he broke the track record up at Yarmouth in some impressive fashion. And then he came out and won the Norfolk Stakes at Royal Ascot. 
Now, maybe it was over five furlongs, and then latterly, he's he had his stamina tested by his trainer trying to get him to run over seven furlongs in a mile. He was in a mile race at Keeneland, and he didn't stay the trip, and then his first run this season, they put him out over seven furlongs, and he was beaten by uh, one of our favourites, Chindit. Yeah. He wasn't beaten that far, but he, he obviously doesn't stay that trip, and they've dropped him back to six furlongs again for this race. Mm. Now, We've always had him marked down as a very fast sprinting type of horse, and five furlongs or six furlong races is what we'd like to see him in, and obviously he's back in that tomorrow. And the good thing about it is he's priced up at eight to one with Labrooks at the moment and uh, a couple of the other firms. So he's our base banker each way back, and as I say, like, he smashed a track record up at Yarmouth when he first came onto the scene last year over five furlongs, but we want to get him up to being a minor. And, He's just not that type of horse. He is a sprinter, and a five furlong, six furlong is going to be ideal for him. So, mm. Lear Jets are uh, banking for each way better of a day there in Haydock 335. Okay. <laughs> Moving down the card at Haydock to the 410 race, another class one, group two. And in this race, we're going with Q Amoro. Uh, Paul Mole Rennan will be taking a ride for Michael Dodds. Uh, again, this is top rated, and if it was a handicap, he would be. Uh, Three pound worse in here, so he's actually three pound better off because it's a group group class race, and uh, obviously group class races are based on if the horses have won group events before, and obviously Kiyomaro's got a listed win up uh, air last year when he won by three lengths, and then the line of form that we're picking to show everyone, he was second in the Nunthorpe, and uh, the horse that he was second to was none other than Batash, and he won Batash to a length that day. Now, if you put Patash into this race, Patash would be like one to seven favourite. Yeah. So, with Kuomoro, uh, it's priced up four to one at the moment, and Michael Dodds is very real, well known to be very good with these five furlong sharp sprinting types, and uh, I would imagine that the four to one won't be there tomorrow, and it's going to be our day's nap bit of a day there. So, four to one Kuomoro in uh, Haydock, four ten. Okay, ready out. Moving over to York, there's a Class 1 Group 3 event for the Phillies there in the, at the 240 race. And the horse that we've picked out in here is Believe in Love. Ray Dawson is going to be riding it for Roger Varian. Priced up at current odds of 9 to 4 with Paddy Powers and Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, progressed from having his first five races, her first five races last year, where she never won any of them, and ended up with stats of five wins from 11. So obviously, once they stepped her up in trip from what she opened her course debuts with, she certainly found her form, and she didn't stop improving all the way through the season. And uh, as I say, she's priced up at nine to four at the moment, and she she was beaten into third in the Park Hill up at Doncaster in a Group Two last year, and then she won a Group Three out at St Cloud out in France, giving the rivals three pound in that race as well. So. She's the only group class winner in the race, and as I say, like it, it, it pays to side with horses that have won in the in the grade, not stepping up and haven't won in it. So nine to four looks well, well worth having a small small bet on her there. Right. And the last one of the day that we've picked out is over in Ireland in uh, 320 of the Irish 2000 Guineas, obviously class one, group one race, and we're going with uh, Charlie Appleby, Will Buick, ridden uh, Leparossa. It's priced up at eight to one at the moment. At Victor. Had four runs to date, winning the first two very easily, and then moved up to Group 3 Tattersalls in November and run well there. It was well beaten on heavy ground out at St. Cloud out 
in uh, Criterion out in France at the back end of last year, but I just put a pencil line through that form. The ground was absolutely disastrous that day. So yeah. we'll be having a look at this fella. And the thing to note on his reappearance this year, he, he was only beaten three quarters of a length by Master of the Seas. And Master of the Seas was only beaten a short head in 2000 guineas at Newmarket about a month ago by uh, Poetic Flame. Yeah. Poetic Flare, sorry. And Poetic Flare's something like four to one to win this race, where there's not a lot of difference between the two horses. And uh, Laparossa's priced up at eight to one at the moment. So, well yeah. worth having a small each way bet on Laparossa there. So, we'd, we'd expect it to be improving. And obviously, with Godolphin only sending the one runner over to the Irish 2000 Guineas, it's obviously the preferred horse for them to be sending over. So, it's, it's just something to look at and see why they're doing that and they've got other horses which they could possibly send over but obviously if this is the one that they're sending over they're thinking he's got a good chance to win so 8 to 1 looks to be a very nice each way price there so OK that's, that's what we've got for you for the weekend mate hopefully we'll have a few winners and uh, bash the bookies up as we normally do yeah why not why not yeah. indeed Okay, Dave, well, thank you very much for that, mate. Let's hope the weather settles down in time for next week and maybe we can have a bit more sort of horses run into their, their expected form, shall we say. Um, yeah, the predicted know. weather next week's got a little bit more sunshine in it than it mm. had this week, so hopefully it'll be nice, but it'll just be nice for it to settle down and we'll have a, a nice English summer. Or yeah. whatever one of them look like again. But yeah. We shall see. It would be no nice. Problem. Okay, David, thank you very much, Adita. We'll speak to you next week. Well, it's time to catch up with the cheeky chappy who had 10 winners last week. 10 winners. Can you believe it? So he's really smug, I'm telling you. But there we go. Here's Colin Brown. Well, good morning, Colin. What have you got for us today then? 10 winners last week. 10 winners. Are you going to keep up that sort of record? Oh, no. Honestly, 10 winners. Gosh. Uh, but how, that's probably out of about 20 selections, was it? It was about 18, I think, something like that. Oh, not bad, not bad. Sort of 65, 70% stock strike. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Well, let's try and keep up 10 winners. If you listen for the first time, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. And here we go. 10 winners last week, and let's try and make it 11 or 12 this week. I'll give you the first winner, anyhow. Haydock Park, that's where we're going to start with the 120. Uh, number one, side shot, trained by John Gosden and his son, Fady. Uh, Marquan rides this six shot, owned, of course, by Judd Mont, you know, the late great um, Prince uh, Khalid Abdullah. And he won at Donny the other day. He's a really, really nice type of horse, beautifully bred, and I would say will win the first at Haydock Park. That's the 120. So um, looking at my tissue. Um, and my tissue is not a tissue that I blow my nose in, by the way, or anything like that. Um, the tissue are bets are basically as four or five bookmakers sort of median prices. So I'm just sometimes give you this sort of rough, rough idea of what sort of price it might be. Mind you, we wouldn't have done that last week up at first in the first race, but I didn't tip it up. But the horse of um, the horse of David Evans at one at forty to a uh, forty to one opened ended up under to thirty. By by time any race goes went for a little cup of tea or something from the time it left the parade ring to go into the post it had gone from forties down to hundred to thirty and it duly obliged as well so mm. um, that was uh, that was good but sadly we weren't on that one anyhow let's stick with Hay Haydock Park it's a good card there at Haydock and um, 
it was a season really, really good racing. Um, I would say in the 225, there's a horse called Postilio, Postilio, number two, ridden by Egan, quite well beaten at Chester last time out, but um, it wasn't uh, probably uh, his fault because he was slowly in the stride and got hampered. Uh, and was second. I'd say a win today. Uh, Postilio, Postilio in the um, in the two twenty five at Haydock Park. Okay. We've we've got the the silver bowl up there today as well. The Casumo today silver bowl, which looks really competitive race again. Roger Varian's horse are in good form, and he's got quite a nice runner in this horse called um, Radabar. Um, which I think could easily go p- close. Um, and he's got another one in it, um, which uh, looks to be possibly more fancy, you would think, because of the jockey bookings, but it's not in the betting, and that's Dark Lion. So, yeah, his horses are running really, really well, uh, Roger Varon. So he's a man to keep an eye on. But I'm going to go for an each-way bet on one of, one of these horses um, that won a short head last time out. At Goodwood, O'Sheen Murphy takes the ride. It's called Nebelusa, and it's one of Andrew Boardings. And um, as I say, on my tissue, it is trading around about nine to one. So, you know, it's not a bad price. So that's Haydock Park for us, um, Aidy. Right. Listeners, and we're going to move from Haydock Park. Uh, I think we're going to sort of have a little pop up to York if yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Uh, William Hill, if you've got a council, William Hill, well, they are, uh, they are your people up at, um, the sponsors up there at York. And we've got, um, quite a good Phillies race, the second race of 240. And, uh, let's see if we can find you the winner here. Well, Joseph O'Brien's brought a horse over called Mighty Blue for this race. And, um, you know, they don't bring them over for the, benefit of their health um and also Huey Morrison whose horse is in great form runs a horse here called Urban Artist who's also um got some pretty good form and a little bit of an improver um and then up the top again Roger Varian's got Believe in Love it's a pretty tricky little Phillies race I must say but I think the one that I uh, I would like to be with here uh, is Urban Artist um, I think this is a little bit of an improver, and um, I'd say in each way bet there's only seven runners, but it needs to be first or second. But it's about seven to one. Huey Morrison's at uh, at York and the two forty. Okay. Um, as we move on through York, some pretty competitive races. Do you know? Sometimes when the weather has been rubbish this week, but when the weather is a little bit dodge, then sometimes it's quite difficult just to um, know where these horses are going to be, you know, where the better ground is going to be for the draw. Um, and in the next race, there's a horse I did fancy at York and won the other day, and it's called Copper Knight. And I think it could follow up in the 350. Number nine, Copper Knight. He's a proper sprinter. He's drawn to, and if the speed is on the far side there, then, you know, I say he's a horse that will go pretty close to winning. A um, couple of two-year-old races there. We don't know too much about them. I always think two-year-old races are quite uh, <clears throat> difficult races to assess unless you know 
something about them or, or, the, or the, certainly they've had a run. That's what I always seem to find with two-year-old races. So um, I'm going to probably leave that one alone. Um, and the last race is an amateur riders race. It's for gentlemen jockeys. I don't know many gentlemen jockeys, do you? No. <laughs> certainly don't. But it's quite a competitive little race, and it often goes... Um, Often goes to an east to be, and they've got one in it called Parry's Mountain, um, who is a course and distance winner. And I'd say Parry's Mountain number three would be an each way bet in the 525 there at York. Yeah. Well, we've got good racing up and down the country, um, AD and listeners. We've got you know Stratford's and Lingfields, we've got in Ireland, we've got the Curra, we've got Newmarket. Let's have a little peek at Newmarket couple of horses there that i was um, interested in and um let's have a look at newmarket in the uh 305 and this is quite an interesting little race it's a race for three-year-olds so some of these horses weren't quite really ready to run uh last year and this year they've just um you know come into themselves and there's a horse in the race called tacitus trained by Brian Meehan that I think got a real good chance and also there's a horse um, there's also a horse uh, in the race called Alma Shah trained by Marcus Tregoning that wouldn't be without a chance and to be perfectly honest it ran so well last time out on the all weathers beautifully bred that I think it could just go one better today. It's by Invincible Spirit. I won't mind if the ground's a little bit on the soft side. They don't seem to. So, number two, Al Mashar in the uh, in the new market 305. Um, right. Let's have a look at the next race at Newmarket. It's a handicap. And um, the great Frankie Dettori, he's there. He's obviously worth following. Um you know, he gets on a few good ones the weekends. He don't often ride in the week, although he did go to Sandown the other night. There's a horse called All Might War in the 340. It's uh, owned by, um, it's uh, it's a Hamdan horse, if you like. So Shadwell Estate, how they run in. And it was only just beaten at Newbury last time out. Crowley rode it. Um, and it's trained by Godston. And I think it'll win. It's called All My War. And that runs in the 340 horse number one at Newmarket. So that's the one I fancy there. Um, not that many runners, funnily enough, up at Newmarket, um, which I'm quite surprised about, really. Uh, I thought there would be a few more runners than, uh, than are. Um, Marcus Dragoni's got another runner uh, in the 415 at Newmarket. And it's also, it probably won't start favourite. Um, there's a horse that won at Doncaster last time out, and it's called Valparaiso. Valparaiso, and I would say this one's got a good chance. Dougie Costello, who used to ride over the jumps, takes the ride. And number four, Al Valparaiso is the one that I think has got a real good chance of winning that race. So, as I said, there is plenty of racing up and down the country. And uh, I'm going to move to um, Stratford. Have a quick look at Stratford. And then I think we'll go to um, go down to um, Goodwood, where there's a couple of good races. I hope Mary's listening this week. You say she missed it last week. I know. She missed the show last week. Just remind Mary, what time is your show 
uh, today? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Okay, I think she tuned in a little bit too late, but um, there we go. Anyhow, six o'clock the show is tonight, and um, I will send her a text, so, so uh, just a mm. reminder. But, um, yeah, she mustn't miss, because all those ten winners, she could have had those in one of those yeah. sort of acker bets, and um, she could have been buying llamas and farms and cottages and could have bought half a Dorset almost, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, you you're say. right, yeah. Yeah, um, it's a night meeting at Stratford, and uh, it's it's quite competitive racing there as always. Um, I like Stratford. I do quite a bit of work at Stratford um, in the summer. I do Ladies' Day and Family Fun Day. It's a lovely track. It's a well-run track, run track, should I say? And um, there's a horse uh, trained by Nicky Henderson called Hopper. Oh well, there you go. I'd better back that then. I think that'll win. Well, actually, it's called Hooper, but yeah. uh, we can call it Hopper if you like. Yeah. Number eight, nice colours would suit you, pink and yellow. Oh, yeah. And what what race is it by... in? Oh, it's in the 640. Ah. Um, and, and it's uh, ridden by Ben French-Davis, who is the son of um, Dominic French-Davis, who, who who trains in Lamble. But I think it's a win. It's course, course and distance winner. It's called Hooper, or Hopper, if you like, number eight, in the 640 there. Uh -huh. at, um, at Stratford. Right. Right, anything else at Stratford? Well, I can tell you, Tom Lacey's horses are in brilliant form. He ended the season in good form. He started the season in good form. This one at Southall a few days ago, and I think it'll win again. It's called Call His Bluff. It's quite nicely uh, related. It's a horse that um, didn't cost a fortune, but is uh, out of a mare that's related to um, a Gold Cup winner, trained by Kim Bailey, called Master Oats. And I tell you what, I think this can win the 740 at, um, at uh, wherever we are, Stratford. What's it called again? It's called... It's called, I beg your pardon, it's called Sang... Augustin. Ah. Sang with a silent A. Sam San Gustin. Right. Number one in the seven forty eighty. Right, Eddie, we're gonna go to uh we're gonna go to Glorious Goodwood. Not quite sublime and glorious, but um that is where we're gonna go. Uh and at Goodwood in the uh one oh five is a maiden Phillies race. Um this is six furlong, so it's straight down the straight if you like hammering down over the hill there for two-year-old six furlongs um what wins it not many of these in fact none of these have had a run so i am not going to second guess the winner of the first race of 105 but that is the time of the race i'm going to move to the marlin six race here and that is at 140 so long as mary's listening she's um written down all the selections so far we haven't had too many selections not like we've we've had too many today so let's hope our winning strike rate is is quite high um yeah this looks a pretty um pretty competitive little race and um you know, there's one in the race here that is one that's last three on the all weather and he's a horse that uh has hacked up actually and if he if he reverts if he puts his um, all weather form onto turf and improves a little bit, um, I think he's a horse that could win it. He's called Indigo Times, and he runs in the one forty at Goodwood. Indigo Times one forty 
at Goodwood. Right, the 2.10 is a listed race at Goodwood. Jim Crowley's there riding for Haggis, a horse called Azaraquan uh, in this race. Desert Encounter, I think he's won this race in the past. Um, and there's Majestic Dawn in the race as well, which is a distance winner. But I'm going to go for the Haggis horse, number one, and it's called Azaraquan in the 2.10 there at Goodwood. I think that's got a real good chance of uh, of winning today and i think you'll find that um haggis and crowley be back in the winner's enclosure in the in the 250 race with a horse called aldari who uh, absolutely hosed up at ascot the other day and it's well it's unbeaten at one at leicester and yarmouth and to me it looked a good thing when it ran the other day. It won at even money. I think it'll win again. It's called Al Dari. And that was his first run back from a wind operation. And um, and when it won the other day, well, it was rated, um, I don't know, went into that race off at 93. They put it up 12 pounds, but I still think it's good enough to win. It's probably what we call a group horse in a handicap and that means that this horse can move up to a far higher level than he's running in today but he's just going through the motions you know mm-hmm right yeah uh the next race the listed race the 325 again looks pretty um pretty open really only five runners going to post um i'm not sure i'm gonna attract our listeners to have a bet in that race but um, I'm going to have a look at the four, yes, the four o'clock. And Beauty Stone, Tom Ward's horse. What did Tom say about this one? Well, he's quite confident about all of his runners. He thinks, you know, that Rich, Richard Kingscott has been riding them and uh, he's riding this one, I see. And, uh, yeah, he was quite bullish about it. He's had a good um, current season because he's been up and down. He's had 11 wins so far, Tom Ward. He's one of our new up-and-coming trainers. So, um, yeah, I think Beauty Stone can win the four o'clock there at, um, at Goodwood. Um, and then the last race is a novice fillies race. I think we'll find that a horse called Chasma wins this. She's beautifully bred, this one. And um, she's a half to Noble Mission. And she's a half to Bullet Train. And that makes her a half uh, sister to... Um, the mighty Frankel as well. So that's the horse that I think, in fact, I suppose it makes it a full sister to Frankel and she's called Chasma. And I think she'll win the last race at Goodwood. Um, that's the one that I really fancy. Um, it's called Chasma. And mm -hmm. that's the one that I think really fancy in the last race there. So, and that's probably about it for me, to be perfectly honest. Um, okay. I don't know how many selections we've had, but I've... 3, I 6, think 9, some... 12, 14, 16. 16 selections, well, similar to last week, and we had 10 winners. So if we come out with a few winners out of this one, then um, we won't complain. No, we won't. Definitely not. Definitely not. And so, just a couple, like... couple more I've picked up on which might uh, oblige us. Certainly, first of all, you want to keep your eyes open for Rod Millman's horses because uh, he's had two winners this week so far um, and a couple of places. The horses are running really, really well. Um, yeah, one yesterday that, that came in. Uh, so watch out for Rod Newman. I'm not sure. Um, Millman, I should say, not Newman. Millman. 
Um, and also Colin Tizard was saying that he's got one called Amarillo Sky, which won by 16 lengths, absolutely cruised in at Newton Abbott about a week or 10 days ago. So keep your eyes open for that right. one, Amarillo Sky. Okay. So, okay, well, we're giving the listeners plenty of ammunition to aim at, and um, let's hope that a few of those win. Yeah, absolutely, Cole. Absolutely. Good. Okay, Fantastic. mate. Right, well, thank right, you right. very much, as usual. And um, we will be, no doubt, speaking to you next week when we'll have had 15 winners. Exactly. That'll do, or 16 or 17. Super. Yeah. Wouldn't that be brilliant? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't I'll it ever? I'll tell you what. I tell you what you can do. If you've got, a, if you've got an account, you know, you can go on. You can have 16 horses, I think. And you can put them in a, like a, you know, I don't know, one pound each way, 16 horse, whatever they call it, accumulator. Mm. Uh, you know, if, if um, obviously they all need to get placed or win, that's the only trouble. But mm. I'm sure that, is there a bet that you can put on 16 horses? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Superhides or anything? Yeah, I'll, I'll have a look and see, but... Uh... It would help run the, if we could get put a pound each way and they all won. It would certainly help run the station anyway, if nothing else. <laughs> it certainly would. That would be absolutely brilliant. Anyhow, all the best to you, um, young Aiden. All the best to your listeners. I hope you're all uh, having a, a, a good time. And now we're sort of a bit out of lockdown, but all being nice and sensible. And, um, you know, we're getting back to some sort of normal. You must be enjoying it, though, going back to racing again, having to do your hospitality stuff. Oh, so I, um, I went to Brighton last week, and I'm at Brighton again Monday. Uh, it was just fantastic. Just loved it. Some great people there. Um, had a lot of fun, and it was super. Just talking about the horses, seeing them in the parade ring, and, you yeah. know, we all kept our distance, had our masks on. All the jockeys were in, like, a tent with separate cubicles, and us officials, I was in the broadcast office, and the stewards and the clerk of the course, you know, we're all being sensible. But it's just like, nice to get back together. Yeah, absolutely. You can't beat it, mate. You can't beat it. I'm looking forward to going to Salisbury. Uh, I think it's uh, June the 8th, I, I think, is there's a meeting there. So I shall pop up there, I, I think, and we'll, we'll see how we go. Anyway, thank you, Colin, for that Absolutely. lot. We will uh, My pleasure. look My forward pleasure. to speaking to you next week. No problem. Take it easy. Take it easy and have a great weekend. Right, well, that was the cheeky chappy himself, Colin Brown, trying to beat 10 winners from last week. So let's see how he gets on. But certainly the man's been in form of late, so we can but hope. But it also brings us to the end of the show. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We've had a pretty full show this week. We've had four trainers on, a jockey, uh, and a couple of tipsters. So we're doing our best for you. But uh, don't forget to join us again next week. Same time, same station. In the meantime, this is A.D. Hopper signing off and saying have a good week. (laughs) 